Do I really want to do this? I don't know. Literally, what have I gotten myself into? Just as soon as I was about to record, I was thinking like, wow, I am about to tell my story. I am about to reveal all of my dirty laundry to the masses. And I'm quite terrified. Is it too late to back out? And I realized, yeah, it is, because I got so much love and support from friends and family. And so I dedicate this episode to the ones who texted me, who called me, who messaged me on Instagram saying how proud they were of me. So before we start, I just want to say, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you tell a friend about it. And as always, make sure you check out my blog, thepersonablelife.com. Okay, let's go. So my story kind of begins with my family. We are a family that is in the spotlight, to say the least. And my dad is a pastor, and so I grew up being everything that everyone else wanted me to be. And I grew up in a position of wanting to please other people and wanting to make other people happy. And back then, I never knew that it was a bad thing. I just kind of thought that that's how it was. And I I took on that spirit of wanting to please other people because that's what I thought service unto others was. And it got to a point where it was too much. And I didn't know how to deal with it, but I didn't know the vocabulary to express how I felt on the inside. My family is not one to talk about their emotions, or at least I didn't grow up talking about my emotions. I didn't grow up learning the right words to tell others how I was feeling, yet alone grow up having the words to say how I was feeling to myself. And I had no clue how to vocalize that I was sad, that I was frustrated, that I was jealous, that I was angry, that I was hurt, that I felt broken, that I felt invisible. I knew that I had this feeling of uneasiness in my heart. I knew that something was off, but I had no clue how to say that this pain in my heart feels this way. And because of that, I was so shut off from the world. I shut myself off from others who so desperately wanted to come in, who tried to come in, but I wouldn't let them in because I frankly didn't know how. I was numbing. And it started off by numbing the bad things that happened in my life, and then it spread to numbing the good. And so eventually, I numbed all my feelings, all of my emotions, and I was just this cold, broken, helpless person wanting so desperately to connect with others, but I did not know how to be vulnerable with myself. And because I did not know how to be vulnerable with myself, I struggled with depression for about four years and I never told anyone. I never told anyone because I was ashamed of it. I'm a pastor's daughter, like how could I be depressed? I am a child of God, how can I be depressed? And I felt that this depression was something that was my fault. And I felt that if I let people know that I was depressed, they wouldn't love me anymore. So I kept it in and add that to the list of things that I kept in. And that definitely did not make the situation worse. I cried myself to sleep multiple times and 
I still didn't let anyone in. And for a while, I numbed the pain some more. And I kind of got through it. I tried to look at the positives. I tried to fake it till I made it. And I got through life for a year or two with just scathing by. And it wasn't until my sophomore year in college that the world just felt like it was caving in on me. And I got to a point where I was so fed up with myself. I hated the way that I lived. I hated what I saw in the mirror. And I hated what I had in my heart. I hated it. And it was so difficult for me to even accept who I was. And I tried so hard to mask that with being overly involved, mask that with trying to impress people, mask that with a relationship, mask that with so many things that I thought would provide me happiness. But I realized that I had zero happiness on the inside. And it wasn't until I started going to student psychological services on my university campus that I really learned how to interact with my emotions and interact with how I felt on the inside. And I want to say thank you to that one friend who somehow saw that I was so broken and so helpless and kept urging me to go to therapy because without her, I probably would have been in the same spot. And she noticed that I was just overwhelmed with everything and all of my involvements. And I was complaining about being happy. She didn't even know what was going on in the inside, but she still said something. So I went to therapy to talk about me being overly involved, to talk about learning how to say no and learning how to do things that I wanted to do. And it didn't end there. After a few sessions, we got over the learning how to say no topic and my therapist got down to the nitty-gritty of what was really going on on the inside and she opened a can of worms that i did not want her to open i fought i fought hard i said oh no there's nothing wrong let's not talk about that i'm not here for this i'm here to talk about saying no to overcommitting myself and she kept prying the idea and this can kept opening and kept opening till i couldn't close it anymore And we got down to the nitty gritty of, I didn't know how to feel. And she taught me the basics of emotions. And I'm like, duh, this is sadness. Or like, duh, this is happiness. Like, duh, this is stupid. But what I realized is that I didn't even know the basics. Here I am at 19 or 20 years old. And I had no clue what the basics of emotions were. And she broke it down for me to understand that I felt so broken on the inside, that I was so angry, that I was so helpless, and that I was crying for help, but I didn't know how to say it. And on the inside, I was really dealing with this dichotomy of who I was and who other people wanted me to be. I was still trying to live up to expectations and... I was dealing with me not knowing how to love myself. And because I didn't know how to love myself, I didn't know how to accept love from others. And I was in this relationship where I was so loved, 
but I had no clue how to accept that love. And as a result of that, I pushed away and I tried to numb even more and I tried to mess up purposely for the sole purpose of not really wanting to hurt that other person, but not wanting that other person to love me anymore because I didn't think that I was worthy of being loved. And here comes this lady in therapy again, asking me these questions. And she said, how come you never talk about your boyfriend? I was like, I don't know. And she asked, does he love you? And I said, of course he does. And she asked, do you love him? And I said, of course I do. And then she asked, do you love yourself? And I looked at her like, of course I do. And she looked down at her paper and started writing. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, what are you writing? And that was a crux in my life because I realized that I had been in a standstill since high school. I had been in this state of thinking that I was so much further along than I actually was. I was thinking that I was doing good. I was thinking that college is easy. I have this thing down. When in reality, the hard part about college is not the schoolwork. The hard part about college is the self-discovery part and finding out who you really are stripped away from every ounce of comfortability. But I held on so tightly to my comfortability of my relationship. I held on so tightly because it was the one thing that I was still sure of. And everything else was spinning. So by the end of my sophomore year, I felt so spiritually dead and so far removed from my purpose. And because of that, I shut my family out, I shut others out, and I shut myself out. And on my journey back home from Los Angeles, I rode up with one of my really good friends and she hit a parked car in the middle of the night when she picked me up at like midnight. And we freaked out, so we just drove home. We were gonna drive home first thing in that morning, but we were freaking out, so we just drove home that night. And that road trip home was so many like funny moments, but it was also like this weird, eerie feeling. And we were surrounded by darkness, no one else was on the road. And we get home around like seven o'clock in the morning and I get home to a fire in one of our buildings. Everything inside was gone and lost and one of our church members got killed in a car accident. So I came home to death on May 20th, 2016. And in a sense, it felt like a resurrection and I knew that I had to let go of the past completely. My boyfriend and I broke up and I went on this journey of transformation. I completely lost myself in God's presence. I lost myself in God's love, praying more, reading my Bible more, journaling every night, and really being in tune with what God was speaking into my heart. And I used that time to get to know myself. I used that time to heal my broken heart through God. And it wasn't until that I got closer to God that I got closer to myself. And it wasn't until I took the time to invest in my relationship with God that I was able to be fully known by myself for the first time 
in 18, 19 years. And it was this moment of self-discovery and aha to make me realize that I am a child of the king, that I am so deserving and I have the spirit inside of me that is so worthy of being known and so worthy of being loved. And there was this moment when I was walking into work on a Monday morning, climbing the back stairwell, and I had this overwhelming sense of joy and happiness come into my heart. And I had to question, like, what's happening? Like, why am I happy? And I just realized that I don't need happiness. I have the joy of God in my heart. I have this overwhelming sense of grace and peace and love coming from God. And I just realized in that moment that his grace is sufficient, that God is all that I need in this world to get me through no matter the situation. And I had this recharging of my heart that I will never forget what it feels like to be fully loved and fully known by someone and still accepted. And that's God. And fast forward to my time abroad. After that summer, I went abroad and I lived in Madrid, Spain for about five months. And that was the perfect way to step into my new purpose and my new calling and my new destiny. That time abroad gave me so much confidence, so much independence, and so much assurance in what I am capable of that taught me that I could do anything. It taught me that the world is my oyster, and it really taught me how to slow down and appreciate life for what it is. And I remember talking to my roommate one day and we were walking home and I expressed to her like I just feel like I'm wasting a semester here normally I would have an internship I would have a job I'd be doing something but I'm just not doing anything here and she said maybe that's exactly what you need maybe you need to learn how to take time to stop and appreciate the little things and that's exactly what happened that semester I learned how to be spontaneous. I learned how to live a little. I learned how to breathe a lot. And I learned how to forgive myself for the things that may be happening in my life. I was so hard on myself and I put so much pressure on me that I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted everything to be right, but I didn't have to. I am young. I don't need to have these pressures of life on me. And just in my journey of traveling, I learned how to say yes and no to the things that I wanted to do. Like if everyone wanted to go to a museum and I didn't want to, I wouldn't go to the museum. I just walk around and explore by myself. I was spontaneous. I started dancing and I never really danced because I was so worried that I had no rhythm. And I mean, I don't, but like now I don't care. Now I'll make an embarrassment out of myself um, because who cares? And then I entered into this season of feeling alone and this overwhelming sense of loneliness came upon me because I was entering this new season of independence, but I had to overcome that voice inside of my head that was saying that I was alone and learn how to rely on friends and family back at home. And I was entering into this season of becoming that I had to accomplish on my own and it was a perfect place to do it in Madrid, Spain. And so over that course of those five months, I was more confident. I became more decisive in what I want. And I learned how to be positive no matter what. And my daily prayer was, God, I give it to you. Prepare what you have planned for me and give me the patience to wait for it. Let me feel loved and focused until you tell me my next step. I trust you, Lord. And in that prayer, I just gave all my worries and my cares to God. I casted it down at his feet 
and I learned how to be present in the moment. I learned how to slow down. I learned how to express my feelings to other people and I found freedom for the first time. And my host mom had a quote on her wall that read, we travel because we need to, because distance and difference are the secret tonic to creativity. When we get home, home is still the same, but something in our minds has changed and that has changed everything. And that quote just kind of sums up my experience, that my mind was changed. And as a result of that, everything around me has changed. And I became much more creative and I felt alive. And something about that feeling of being alive and being fully present in a moment compares to nothing that I've ever experienced. So when I got back from abroad, it hit me that I had no community on campus anymore. I invested a lot of my time in my relationship, and when that was no longer around, I was like, okay, what's my second option? Um, My roommates, oh, oh, okay, that's not gonna work. They're all abroad, so now what? And I remember texting one of my good friends, and I said, I am terrified to come back home, I have no friends. And he was like, I got you. And simple as that, he took me under his wing and I was adopted into this most wonderful friend group that I can't stop smiling about because they make me so happy and I'm so proud of them. And they accepted me and welcomed me with loving arms and I am still incredibly close with them today. A lot of them were instrumental in this podcast, so I appreciate you all. I hope you know who you are. And I came back stripped of everything and I got a chance to start all over again. I got a chance to re-figure out my groove, to find out what I liked, what I didn't like, and to kind of walk boldly into this new Lena. And that's exactly what I did. I did what I want. I said what I wanted, and I was unapologetically myself. I had this new walk and step about me, and it was this confidence that exuded, but it was also a sense of humbleness because I know where that came from, and also who it came from. And so I went into my last summer on fire and super excited about what was next. And I interned that summer at Google and I ran a marathon with my sister and my cousin. And I was just back in tune with myself. I was walking in my purpose and I felt God come alive in so many moments in my life then. And then I go into my senior semester, not senior year, because I graduated a semester early, but senior semester. And I was so fortunate enough to live with some of my best friends. I was so fortunate enough to have my home filled with so many people that I loved and cherished so dearly in my house all the time. My house was the house that everyone came to and congregated at. Um, And I would just host movie nights or game nights or people just come out and hang out. And it was amazing to have so much love and fellowship and community and laughter in my life while I got to appreciate what I learned over the years in college. I got to appreciate and reflect on the journey that God took me through. And I know that without being able to go through that pain of learning how to love myself, I wouldn't have had that community that I had senior semester. And I ended my time at LMU so appreciative of the education that I received there. It wasn't just learning my major and getting out of there. They really focused on education of the whole person. And that's exactly what I felt like I got. 
And just like that, my senior year was done. I packed up my house and I moved back home. And this time it was December and I don't start working until September of 2018. And I'm like, what am I gonna do with this extra time on my hands? And I had a celebratory trip for my graduation planned with my sister and my cousin. And we were gone for a month to Canada, Taiwan, and Japan. And that was my first time in Asia. And I caught the bug. I was like, this is awesome. This is so different. This is so cool. And I need to come back. And in that moment, I was there and I was fully present, experiencing everything um, from eating bread for breakfast almost every day, having sushi six times a day, running to and from train stations to make sure we don't miss uh, the next connecting train to the unthinkable. And we had such an amazing time together. We got on each other's nerves, of course, but it was so fun. And I realized that traveling is so important to my development, at least. I'm going to record another episode on all my travels in detail because I can't squeeze it all into this episode. But I took more trips throughout the year. I just kind of blew through my entire life savings. So every single trip that I took, it was fully funded by me. So afterwards, I got back home ready to plan the next thing. Everyone was still in school, my family couldn't take off work, and I really wanted to go to China for Chinese New Year. And what did I do? I bought a ticket at 1 a.m. on a whim and bought the ticket to China, a one-way. So in that month-long trip that I was gone, I went to China, I went to Vietnam, and I went to Malaysia all by myself. I took that leap of faith and traveled solo across the country. And then I came back home for a little bit um, and I left out again. I went to Bali, Indonesia, and that was a trip where I felt so alive. I felt joy, unspeakable joy, and this just rejuvenation of my spirit. And that's kind of where the idea of personable got birth. Because the people in Bali were so personable. (laughs) to say the least, and so hospitable and so welcoming that there was something about their spirit and their inner joy that attracted me, that resonated with me. And I captured it in that moment and I was reflecting on it and realized that how come the entire world can't have this joy? Like they don't have much in Bali. They are surviving on tourism for their livelihood and everything is so inexpensive. And yet, it seems like they are the most joyful people that I've ever met. And so Personable was birthed. I birthed it at a restaurant eating a super hot acai bowl that the waiter put ice in to warm it up or to cool it down. And I started writing. I started going and I started talking and this idea was birthed. And after that, I came back on fire and excited, but fear paralyzed me. I was like, I don't think that anyone's going to care about this. I don't think I can do this. And that doubt came creeping into my mind. And I let it paralyze me for a little bit. I let it take charge. And I went to Ireland. I went to Iceland. I went to Croatia. I went to Montenegro. And I went to Bosnia. I took one last trip to Europe. And in that moment, I learned to just live your best life. Like, let your hair down, relax your shoulders. And that's when I came back to start personable and be serious about it and get serious about this calling because I know God is going to use this podcast to really touch someone's lives. So 
Thank you so much for bearing with me and listening to my life story. Thank you so much for hearing me out and connecting with me over these past 25 minutes. My story is something that I never knew how to connect with. My story is something that I never knew was a testimony and to God's grace and goodness in my life. And I hope by me telling my story, you learn a little bit more about me and you learn why human connection is so important to me. But also I hope that you learn that human connection is necessary, but in order to connect, you need to be vulnerable. So I encourage you to be bold and be courageous, to have the audacity be seen and known by others. And I hope that you tune in with me each week as we learn from other people who have interacted with their stories. We learn from other people who have stepped out into their destiny, into their purpose, and are walking in God's calling. So thank you so much for listening again, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, refer a friend, and subscribe to my blog online at thepersonallife.com. Bye.